Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. What's up, y'all? Welcome into the Cover 3 College Football Podcast. I'm Bud Elliott, and if it feels like you just saw me, well, you did. Really appreciate everybody joining us for our 3 p.m. live stream every Monday where we review what we saw over the weekend and start to look ahead to next week. And in that show, uh, we discussed just how bad the loss uh, was for USC to Stanford at home, giving up eight yards of play to a bad Stanford team. And uh, it's a Stanford team that had lost, by the way, to Kansas State. And we started to ponder, this is finally the year, right? Clay Helton has to be done. Clay Helton, a dude who everybody loves as far as how nice he is, how he treats people uh, around the program. But a guy who, quite frankly, just has not gotten the job done at USC, a program that expects championships. And ultimately, Athletic Director Mike Bone, who has now been on the job for two years by way of Cincinnati, echoed as much today in a statement where USC did go ahead and fire Clay Hilton just two games into the year. Uh, I'll go ahead and, and skip all the niceties uh, of how much they praise Clay Hilton, and I'll get to the point here. Quote, I want to be exceptionally clear. Our university and its leadership are committed to winning national championships and restoring USC football to glory. The decision represents our next step forward toward that goal in what has been a thoughtful and strategic process to build a comprehensive football organization equivalent to the premier programs in the modern landscape. I accept the enormous responsibility I have to our current and former players and to the entire Trojan family to live up to our incredible heritage. Over the next few months, we will conduct a national search for our new head coach. We will actively and patiently pursue a coach who will deliver on the championship aspirations and expectations we all share for our football program. With our storied history, our talent, talented young roster, and the major investments we've made in the infrastructure of our, of our organization, I'm optimistic that we are better positioned right now than we've ever been uh, in any other time in the past decade to recruit the best and right leader for us. I'm counting on the USC community to step up, which means let's go donations. Uh, it's support for our players, unify as a family, and help show every potential coaching candidate and recruit that this is the greatest football program in the country. Let's do what we do best and fight on. So uh, basically... USC said enough is enough. Clay Helton, you're a nice guy, uh, but you are not getting the job done at USC. And uh, guys, to be frank, it would be hard to believe uh, that you could argue to the contrary, right? Clay Helton, overall record at USC sits at 46 and 24 after that loss to uh, Stanford. And the, the word in the industry going around on Clay Helton was that basically he had been signed to a contract that was largely unjustified uh, by what he had done so far, a contract that made him quite difficult to fire, a contract uh, that ultimately was going to be more difficult to fire him from because of all the scandal stuff going on at USC with the admission scandals and the, the turnover that you had in AD. But it seems like finally uh, the buyout number either reduced enough, given the, the passage of time and, and the years that had gone off, or maybe somebody who's tied to USC really stepped up and pledged uh, to buy out the remainder 
of Clay Helton's contract. Uh, but in any case, Clay Helton is out. I think this is a com- there's a combination of factors here. Number one, obviously the loss to Stanford over the weekend is is pretty bad. As producer Coca just put on the screen, Helton is 19 and 14 in his last 33 games, so things do not seem to be moving in the right direction, and really have seemed to not move in the right direction post uh, the graduation of Sam Darnold. The other thing that I think really impacted this, right, is you've seen Arizona State come into your backyard and beat you for some recruits who you really wanted, right? Uh, you know, that that I think is something that USC folks have really taken note of. The other thing is that Oregon, who is probably your biggest current rival, not historic rival, but biggest current rival in the Pac-12, went in to the horseshoe and beat Ohio State over the weekend. Oregon is a program that has won more recruiting battles against USC than USC brass want them to win in their own backyard. It's not like Oregon is building a championship team on the backs of recruits in you know, the state of Oregon or in the state of Washington. They're coming into the state of California and they are taking kids away who USC feels like they should be able to sign. Additionally, uh, guys, think about where all the quarterbacks for the best teams in the country are. Where is DJ from at Clemson? Southern Cal. Where is, is JT Daniels from at Georgia? Southern Cal. CJ Stroud at Ohio State. Southern Cal. Bryce Young at Alabama. Again, SoCal. So I think if you're USC and you're saying, wait a second, we're USC, but we're not playing like USC should, and we're not recruiting like USC should. We really aren't developing players like USC should. We just got pushed around by Stanford, a team that really couldn't push around Kansas State a week ago and didn't push around anybody at all uh, last season. I, I just think enough uh, was probably enough. I, I don't think Clay Helton is a, a terrible coach. He's just not somebody who is equipped right now, uh, after a pretty large sample set, I feel confident in saying this, to lead USC to where it feels like it needs to go. So I think this... Uh, this firing is ultimately, you know, pretty justified. Uh, they have ten games left in the season. They mentioned uh, competing for the Pac-12 South and the Pac-12. We'll see if they're able to do that. They are, of course, zero and one in the conference, and that's not a that's not a record that really helps you there with that loss to Stanford because you have some more difficult games coming up. It does beg the question a little bit: Why not just fire him over the off season? I don't really have a perfect answer for that. Maybe they thought, hey, like there's a chance this team could be really good this fall. Uh, maybe they wanted to see how donations and ticket sales and all that stuff looked like coming out of the pandemic, of course. And if you're going to make a move in the offseason, you need to make one kind of in you know, more December. And at the end of last year, if you recall, there was a lot more uncertainty in the world as to how we're going to deal with the virus uh, than there is now. So certainly something to consider there. But I agree, it's a fair point being brought up in the comments. Why do this after just two games? Why not just uh, make the move and rip the Band-Aid after last season? So what is next here? What, what's next? There, there will be an interim coach take over. I don't know who that will be. It could be, could be Harrell. It could be Orlando. Maybe it'll be Dante if that's been named yet. I mean, I'm literally jumping on live right as, right as the announcement was made to give you guys the fastest take I can and hopefully the most accurate. So if you do see who USC names as the interim, drop it in the comments. But I think what most of y'all care about is probably not who gets named as the interim coach. Because if I'm Mike Bone, the the new AD at USC, I'm not looking to hire anybody internally to take over this thing, right? I'm looking to hire somebody 
externally to come in who has been in the winning program before, understands how big boy football is played, and wants to come in and just make his mark on the program. Uh, all right. Who is that person to bring in? Let's go over some quick names. Uh, Dante uh, Dante is, is the uh, the guy who's going to be the the interim coach, according to the comment section. Let's draw some some logical connections here. I'm going to start with the guy who just got a ton of love on the national media scene. Well deserved. A guy who was without uh, maybe the best defensive player in the country this weekend, and a guy who honestly has beaten you for a lot of big time recruits in SoCal, and that's Mario Cristobal. Cristobal does not run a sort of fancy, not fancy is not the right word. He doesn't run a, a soft uh, finesse is the word I'm looking for. Does not run a finesse style spread offense. They do spread, but he he develops the offensive line extremely well. Uh, certainly the guys that he makes his team off are from SoCal for the most part, not Oregon. If you're SoCal, you, along with the University of Miami and a couple other programs, have always been committed to running more of a pro-style scheme, and you care about doing some stuff that's very much like the NFL. I think having a good offensive line is part and parcel with that. Cristobal, a former offensive line coach who knows how to develop that position, a position that has really struggled at USC now for several years under Clay Helton's tutelage. I think that is a place that they probably will uh, at least take a look at. Great recruiter, tireless recruiter. If you talk to guys who work for Mario, they say he finds a way to bring up recruiting in every single meeting that he has. It's a major priority. You want to kind of put that fence up around Southern California. Of course, I think that's a little bit impossible to do. Players will always leave uh, in some regard now. Uh, but realistically, that is a call that I think you have to make, given the guy's proven track record of recruiting west of the Rockies and making Oregon uh, into a relevant program pretty quickly. Hold on here. Um, so other guys that you have to look at here and I think I, I had a list that I made of, of about six. The next name that I know uh, was at least considered last time when they were debating internally, like, who do we go get, was James Franklin at Penn State. Franklin at Penn State has done a tremendous job rebuilding them after the Paterno scandal. A, a really, really good recruiter. He's a guy who has proven, in my opinion, that he can, he can make multiple good coordinator hires, so he's not one of these coaches who is dependent just on one coordinator. When that guy goes, there's a lot of question. And he understands how to run a program. Occasionally, people will question James Franklin's game management, but they do the same for Cristobal, or at least uh, they did in the past. It seems to be improving there for Mario. James Franklin makes a hell of a lot of sense, right? A great recruiter. Is he really appreciated there in Penn State? Some people will tell you yes. Some people will tell you no. If I'm USC, I do go talk to James Franklin. You put James Franklin in LA, I believe he would do a really good job. I think he would recruit his butt off. And Penn State... They do a pretty damn good job of developing players. It's not; it doesn't just end on signing day. James Franklin obviously has won the Rose Bowl. He's won the Big Ten, one of the premier coaches in the sport. And I do think there is a bit more of a ceiling there at Penn State than there is at USC. If, if, if we're just being honest, it doesn't mean that if I'm James Franklin, I would go take USC. I think USC is a really good job, but there are things behind the scenes that make you question if it is a you know top five top job. If it's, if it's really right, then there's no doubt it's a top-five job. If you're getting that level of support, if you believe the conference is headed in the right direction, all of those things will matter. But James Franklin is sort of a, a no-doubt uh, name that you'll want to talk to. The third guy I want to mention here is Luke Fickle. 
So Luke Fickle, the Cincinnati coach, where did Mike Bone come from? Oh, that's right. Cincinnati. If Mike Bone really believes in Luke Fickle, I think he'll get a call. Now, is Fickle big enough for LA? Is he going to do, is, is he flashy enough? Is that actually even important there? I don't know that it's super important, but I do think you have to, uh, you, you cannot just be, oh, football coach only type thing in LA. I think you have to have a little bit of, of, of sizzle to you uh, along with the stake. Luke Fickle's done a tremendous job at Cincinnati. He has a, a pretty nice opportunity this weekend to make a statement against a Big Ten team in the game against Indiana. But ultimately, I don't think Mike Bone's decision to go after or not go after Luke Fickle uh, will be determined based on this weekend's game. I mean, the guy worked alongside Fickle for several years there at, uh, um, you know, at uh, at Cincinnati. Excuse me. Next guy I think you need to take a look at is Matt Campbell. Matt Campbell, who has a really good record of take, taking like lower profile guys and making them into something at Iowa State. However, he's not known as a great recruiter. Um, I don't know if he really wants to be involved with all that, that comes with the USC job. And I don't know if that's a perfect fit, but I have seen that name bandied about there some. Uh, so for me, obviously James Franklin, Luke Fickle, Mario Cristobal are obvious names. A couple more that I want to throw out there. Urban Meyer. If Urban Meyer does not work out in Jacksonville, what better situation for him to jump back into than USC? The guy would have a tremendous record of picking jobs in his college career. He chose Florida over Notre Dame. He handpicked the spot he was going to return to college after his uh, retirement, right, and chose Ohio State. And then for his third third and final destination uh, in, in the P5 scene, because remember Utah wasn't P5 back when Urban was there, uh, you go and you choose USC, that is tremendous, right? Uh there have been some reports out there, probably unsubstantiated at this point, I think. How well is he meshing with the pro game? It's not a guarantee that Urban Meyer will have success in the NFL. Now, he had a ton of draft picks. He'll have a bunch of picks this upcoming year. He got to pick Trevor Lawrence. So I think the odds are pretty good that he'll, he'll have success in the NFL. But the NFL is a different ballgame. Ask Nick Saban how that went. Nick Saban, the best college coach in the history of the game, did not succeed in Miami. And he came back to Alabama, a perfect spot, and built them – back into the, the monster uh, that you see today. A couple other names that I think they might look at. Um, P.J. Fleck would be interesting to me if, if Minnesota had not taken that dip last year. P.J. Fleck was a super hot coach following the 2019 situation or season, rather. Pretty good track record as a coach, elite track record as a recruiter relative to level. You know, he, he built up Western Michigan there. He's done a nice job at Minnesota. Uh, they're not going to win the Big Ten West this year, probably. But anyway, he's a pretty damn good coach. A bit of a showman, was in the NFL, can really get players there and recruit. And the, the development track record, again, is, is pretty solid. It's not just, hey, let's sign a bunch of good guys and then have it end on signing day. I think that's going to be important. It's somebody for USC who culturally can instill some toughness, can instill uh, a sense of pride in who they are and – so, uh, somebody who really can relate to these kids and say, hey, the, you know, the the logo on your helmet does not equal success. You have to actually put in the work and, and make sure that you have the requisite level of competitiveness and toughness there in your practices. Last guy, and I think this is kind of a, a real, uh, real long shot. What about Tony Elliott at Clemson? I know that Tony Elliott, if he, whenever he goes, he wants to go to a spot that is uh, is competitive academically. And USC certainly has strong academics. 
really strong strong track record as a recruiter and as a coach. Probably a long shot to you know to go from coordinator to the USC job with, as far as I know, no prior relationship there. Uh, but ultimately, maybe a name that should be mentioned. Uh, just some some things to look at. I know some other people have thrown out some names like Bill O'Brien and Greg Schiano. I just I don't buy into those at all. Um, you know, be just just be alert as to why people throw out certain names ultimately uh, in, in in this process. Okay, let's go ahead and take a couple a uh, couple comments here. <clears throat> all right, uh, Clayton Sewell says, "What about Joe Moorhead?" I think Joe Moorhead is not a uh, probably not going to be a head coaching candidate at USC. Does a nice job for Oregon, but ultimately, whether it was his fault or not, things did not go well at Mississippi State. So I just think if you're USC, you're going to spend this kind of money to fire Clay Hilton. You're going to want to bring in a guy with more of a proven track record, likely as a head coach. Uh, all right, what about uh, what about Chris Peterson? A lot of people are asking about Chris Peterson. That's another one that I think you would. If you're USC, you have to kick the tires on it. But I mean, Chris Peterson didn't love the recruiting game. And guys, look, if you're at USC, they need somebody who knows how to play the recruiting game at the highest level, is fully competitive at that game, if you know what I mean. And then you also have to develop those guys. And Peterson didn't like getting involved with all that kind of stuff, from what I understand. So I, I don't know. We'll, I would be a little bit, uh, little bit skeptical of that one. Another one pretty pretty popular in the comment section. Again, not me suggesting this, just one people are throwing out. Lane Kiffin, uh, who they literally fired on a tarmac all those years ago. I think Kiffin has certainly improved as a head coach, but has he shown the ability to develop players or has he just shown the ability to coach offense? They haven't won anything at Old Miss. The recruiting has been solid, but not spectacular. Ultimately, I think based on how that relationship ended, I don't think that's where they want to go. I also don't really think that athletic director Mike Bone wants to go and get somebody who's connected to the USC family or to the Pete Carroll tree. USC has had this weird thing going on for a long time now. They're basically doing what Bama did with Bear Bryant, which is, hey, we had a lot of success with Bear Bryant. Let's go get somebody who is attached to Bear Bryant. And most of those guys bombed at Bama. Same thing with USC. Let's go get this guy. Let's go get this guy. Oh, he he was, you know, he was with Pete Carroll. We'll reca- recapture that Pete Carroll magic. I mean, Pete Carroll last won a national title almost 20 years ago now. At some point, it's time to let it go. I just think the the past history there with Lane Kiffin is probably too much to overcome. You can never rule out anything in college football, I guess. But uh, I would I'd be a little bit surprised if uh if that's the one. Uh, Brent Venables, I would say 0.0% shot there. Just not not a fit, in my opinion. Bill Cower, Jeff Fisher. Uh, like Again, I just don't think Mike Bone is going to shoot his shot here, make the decision to spend all that money to fire Clay Hilton, to go hire a guy who failed in the NFL in, in recent times, and Jeff Fisher. Uh, no, I just, I'm sure there'll be some people at USC who push for him to get an interview because he's very tied into the USC family, but I can't see him uh, going to USC. That's not uh, that's not something that makes a whole lot of sense to me. Antonio Pierce, that that's a pretty good one. Um, those are pretty much the names that I, I thought we really should cover. Does anybody else have any names we've not discussed yet? I think uh, we talked about what? Mario, uh, Chris Peterson, who again was just brought up in the comments section. 
uh, who else we talk about? Matt Campbell, Urban Meyer, James Franklin, Luke Fickle. Those ones kind of make sense. Lincoln Riley is being brought up. Um, I, I think Lincoln Riley has a pretty cush spot there at Oklahoma. I'd be I would be surprised if Lincoln Riley was going to leave such a good gig with OU, especially with it going to the SEC to go take uh, the USC job. That would that would surprise me quite a bit. Uh, I will ask you this though. Here's here's one. If uh, if Steve Sarkeesian had waited, or if USC had come open last year. What job do you think Sark would have taken? You think he would have taken Texas or you think he would have taken USC? By the way, poll question as you guys answer that in the comments. Uh, 53% of the chat says USC is not a top five job. I agree actually with you right now. Uh, I think it's still an elite job, but are they really giving you all the resources you need to succeed? Does USC have the same cachet that it did when I was growing up as a kid? Uh, Maybe not, but look, I don't think USC, if it really wants to pony up the money, and it seems like they are right now, is that far away from being back as one of those truly elite jobs uh, because it does have that level of support. And I just think you get the right guy in there. We've seen it. And very few programs in the entire sport, when they're right, can sustain uh, that level of success year to year as USC has, again, when it's right. Uh what about Jim Harbaugh? Bud Cute, appreciate that. Uh, USC Bad, Brent Venables. Y'all, I think we are pretty much uh, pretty much at the end of this thing. Those are some names that would immediately come to mind. The other thing I wouldn't rule out here, and I just I don't follow the NFL enough, so I'll I'll make some some text messages here coming up. What about an NFL guy? Right, Pete Carroll was an NFL guy. I don't know if Athletic Director Mike Bone has NFL connections. I haven't researched him enough, but perhaps. Uh, Perhaps there's an NFL guy or two they want to kick the tires on. Always possible. Again, really appreciate you all jumping on with me today. Uh, twice, actually. Make sure to, to tune in on Mondays at 3 o'clock. We also do a live hangout around lunchtime on Tuesdays. We do the Locks Pod at 11 a.m. Eastern, where we've just been absolutely on fire this year. And then, of course, the Saturday Night Recap, basically as the uh, the 8 o'clock game on the East Coast goes final or thereabouts. So usually kind of midnight-ish. Four times a week live on the channel, or if USC decides to fire Clay Hilton in week two, five times a week, as will be this year. Don't forget my Sunday live lock show if you're into the gambling space. Appreciate it, y'all. Hit that thumbs up. Hit that notifications on. So whenever we go live with something like this, you are seeing us in real time. Take care. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.